Hey guys, Malin Rogers from Thomasville Lodge number 214 in Thomasville, North Carolina. Proud clown with the Oasis Shrine Clown Unit out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Just want to tell you guys that you're my favorite Central PA-based Masonic podcast with hosts named Pete and Larry. Please keep up the so-so work. Take care. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. Hey, and we're back. Episode 34. It feels like 33. Wow. Well, that was seven minutes ago. <laughs> I'm much older now. <laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, we haven't done anything because um, we just recorded. If, you, if for some reason you didn't listen to episode 33 and you're listening to episode 34, we're, we're, uh, we're not much has changed. We're, we're on vacation. Yeah, we're on vacation. We're recording, recording two shows back to back. Yes, we are. <sighs> so um, let's go to break. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with um, our for our topic, which is our topic is uh, fun raising. That's F-U-N hyphen raising, D-R-A-S-I-N-G, <laughs> putting the fun back in fun. That's a, that's a pun, by the way. Fun back and fundraising. No, it's a good topic. It's a good title, though. Uh, what works uh, when we do fundraising, what we like, what we wish we did differently, or what we wish we didn't do at all. We'll be back. back and so larry you came up with this uh ridiculously fun idea <laughs> drazing we're gonna talk about drazing <laughs> drazing no actually it's not my idea it's jason lewis's idea we just threw in the hat and that's the one that larry yeah, picked. Th- 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 okay th- so th- larry so what do you think about fundraising and how can we make it more fun what do i think about fundraising i absolutely hate it okay um I don't know, maybe it's because I'm really an old-fashioned mason, and I think most of the lodges I belonged to all my life really didn't do it. And we took care of our brothers. We had funds available to do that. And I moved up to Pennsylvania, I joined the lodge, and within the past 10 years alone, we've been kind of going crazy on raising money for different projects, a lot of which really aren't attached to our lodge. Uh, like we've been, everybody does a fundraising project in the Lancaster area, and it, parts of it always go to the fund for dyslexia. Well, that's a Scottish Rite 
uh, a, a project. But all the Blue Lodgers are getting involved in raising money for the Scottish Rite projects, and not that there's anything wrong with it. It just puts a certain amount of burden on everybody. And I'm just not really very supportive of, and I, I shouldn't say I'm not supportive of, because I do attend the functions. I do buy the subs. I do go to the dinners uh, grudgingly, but I'm, I do support it. But I'm not, I, I, I just have a hard time with it. Where's the fun, Larry? There is no fun in fundraising. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, do you have anything to offer before? Because we don't want two negative people back to back. Oh. So you and Jack will have to be the little blip of optimism. I don't think that fundraising to put money in your coffers is fun at all. I do think, though, that, you know, the spirit of that topic was how do we make fundraising fun? Not to just sit and poo-poo. We all get it. Like eating pies and making pies and buying subs and eating subs is played out and old and boring like you know that wasn't necessarily the, the spirit of the idea the spirit of the idea was what could we do differently to get people involved and you know do we continue to do the same like grotto right because grotto struggles to, to for the humanitarian foundation because health insurance is doing a lot of the work that we used to do you know a lot of people support the dyslexia center a lot of people support whatever all the pendant bodies have their own you know big group that they donate to you know but how do you get people to do something fun together that benefits other people? That was kind of my my thought process. Jack, do you have any thoughts on this well, topic? Um, what first thing comes to my mind was a project that came up at my lodge years and years ago. One of the members brought up a scout troop in the in the area that needed a new roof on their building. So the lodge said, oh, we can't do that. We'll have every scout troop in the whole county coming to us for money and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I think that's a great project. We should do that. But we don't have to use lodge money to do that. Let's have a thing and let's raise the money. So I came up with the idea of renting a, a, a sort of a family fun park over in Lidditz up North 501 from Lidditz um, High Sports. And we rented it for a day. We, we paid them for the day. And then we set up a ticket booth at the gate and gave people wristbands. And you can do anything you want all day long for one price coming through the gate. It was great. Go-karts, mini golf, driving range, all that batting cages, all that stuff. You can do all you want all day long, one flat price. And the first year, it was it was pretty successful, and we raised the money, and and that's kind of what what we intended to do. Uh, we got guys from the lodge involved, we got families involved, we got local baseball teams involved, we got a couple of scout organizations involved, and we raised the money, and we called the scout troop that we raised the money for, and we said, "Hey, we got the money for your roof," and they said, "Oh, we already did that." <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, uh, let's get a keg. So we didn't need that anymore. Uh, but but the but the idea was born, and we did it for a couple of years. And each year, it was less and less attended. Um, fewer and fewer fewer people came. Fewer and fewer people helped. Less and less money was made until it's finally just we're not do we didn't do it this year because it got stale. Uh, and these things uh, these things that used to catch and become annual events that people would you know relish. They just don't happen anymore. It's very rare that you can get something to, to, to catch and continue 
year after year. I'm, the, the Lodge in the Woods is a good example. Um, we, have to, we have to really push those ticket sales. And I'm, I'm, I'm astounded that we have to push those ticket sales because that, that, that is a really fun night. Um, now, that's one that we raise money for the Grand Masters Initiative. Uh, so once the once the administrative costs are paid, all the all the surplus money goes to the Grand Masters Initiative. Uh, it, but so so it goes kind of goes back to why do we do these things? Do we do them for fellowship events? In which case, we're probably overcharging for those things. Or do we do them to raise money? In which case, we keep going back to tap the same people over and over again because it's the same thirty five or forty people that are going to participate every time. So, I don't know. I think we, we I, missed the mark. I, I, think. I think we need to separate two things. I would never want to see a fundraiser for operation of the lodge. That means your dues aren't high enough. So, the only purpose I see for a fundraiser is if you decide you want to help somebody or buy something that's not in the budget and it's, like, not mandatory for every brother. So, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, and to make it fun, you know, I, I see the guys over in York, they do the polar bear plunge every year where they jump into the dirty Susquehanna. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're going to get in the Susquehanna, get in into, there's probably fewer diseases in no, Wait till it's really cold. That, yeah. But, you know, that's kind of unique and fun. Um, you know, I, I do a huge fundraiser for the mounted police here every year, and I think last year we raised like twenty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. one of those things that caught, right? That, yeah, that and it's it's rare, but once again, this you know we do something where we, I got all the bars downtown involved, and we're raising money for horses and dogs of the police department, and everybody dresses up in weird Santa Claus stuff, and it's called the Santa Stumble, and we go downtown, we drink, and it's fun, and somehow it's just gotten crazy, but because we're Freemasonry, we can't really associate ourselves with an alcoholic event like that so that i mean that's i don't know that's a little bit of the challenge no but there are you know dmla does the dodgeball and for them that's a huge event and and it certainly doesn't raise the kind of money that santa stumble does but it certainly has that same kind of spirit you know the kids come out and they want to play dodgeball and they get to throw dodgeballs at fat old out of shape guys and get a laugh and you know i, I think that those kind of events are I mean, I think we all agree. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a proponent of doing a big fundraiser to put in the lodges, you know, bankroll. Some lodges have to. You know, most of our lodges are lucky enough that we Every don't have to. Every once in a while, you got to, you know, you got to put a, a bunch of money into the roof. You got to replace the air conditioners. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to do all that stuff. And that's, if you don't really carefully budget for that stuff, then you've you've got to somewhere, some way, somehow or another, raise the money to do it. Um, there's a lot of buildings that are that are being shut down, mothballed, sold off because there isn't enough money to run them. So it, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. But fun, fun. Let's go to fun. Where's the fun? Fun. Golf outings are fun. For, for people to golf, yeah, absolutely. For people to golf. For people that don't golf, they can drive the carts. Here's another opportunity for Jason they can, to drive they carts. They can drive around. the carts. You know, if you don't like pie or hoagies, then don't make the pies and don't make the hoagies. Right. The, the fun part that, that as, as I said... I like to participate in it. I'll spend the money. I, I support it. But the organizing, the structure, putting everything together, that is the difficult part. 
You talk about the golf outing. It takes probably 50, 60 guys to put this thing together and make that work. Got it. That's great fellowship if you can pull it off. You talk about now your, your lodge in the woods. It's huge. It's big. I don't know what kind of money you guys earn after the, the, you know, the sales and everything like that. But that takes a lot of people power, a lot of manpower to do that. It's, it's a structure. It's hard, hard work. To me, well, to me at my age, work is no fun at all anymore. But, you know. I, I think one of the challenges is, and maybe, you know, for people that are in lodges that are in more remote areas where they don't have a lot of other appendant bodies that they belong to. But everybody at this table is in multiple appendant bodies, and every single appendant body wants to do either the regular meetings plus a social event or a fundraiser, and you kind of have to pick and choose. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a bad mason in a, most of the bodies because I don't help out. And I don't, other than buy a hoagie or buy chicken corn soup, I don't help out at all with the Scottish Rite. You know, I just... But you just, that's what we talked about two episodes ago, but you do. You pay your dues. We, we, you pay your dues and you buy a pie. Hey, that's more than, we, you know, a pretty I mean, large we, percentage of people. We, we need, we pretty, need that. It's pretty fun to eat the pie. And the pies are amazing. Oh, the pies are... Oh, I love the pies. I love everything. <sighs> I like what we do. My part of the, the, the lack of fun is the structuring and the organizing, the amount of work it takes. And like you said earlier, it's usually five or ten guys that have the burden of doing all of that. Hmm? And that's not fun. I mean, I I look back to my college days. I was in a small local fraternity, and we we were forced, because we were part of the college, we had to do something that was socially beneficial other than, like, water the plants um, out behind our apartment. So Fertilize and water. Yeah. So, yeah, so we did a... um, (laughs) We did a sale where we sold uh, fruit baskets, but it was kind of a cool event because when we, the night when we made all the fruit baskets, we made it a party, and everybody in the fraternity showed up, and we had music, and we had cold beverages, and we all, that night, got all the work done while we were having fun. And so I mean, that's how I think we can put I the think fun the, in there. I think the guys that like make the pies and they, they make the hoagies, they have a blast. I mean, that's one. one th- they do. Everybody that, ta- that, that helps out with the pies for my lodge talks about helping out with the pies, and it is fun. And I've, I've made the pies. I did it once, um, and because I was like the junior person by about 40 years, I got stuck with the heavy lifting of putting things in and out of the oven. Mm. That is not. It was fun. not fun, no, and I no, and it's no. big commercial ovens with big commercial. It's not like your little tray you have at home. <laughs> it's a tray that holds like eight pies, yeah. and oh, I got so many burns, and you don't look like a sissy. I mean, yeah, these guys are old, but they're like badasses. They were all like World War II and Korea yeah. vets, so like I I don't look like a wimp in front of them. <laughs> uh, so, so like I'm getting burned, and I'm like I gotta just bite my lip <laughs> for our non. Pennsylvania and, and non uh, this area Masons, you know the, the pie sale is a big Scottish Rite uh, fundraiser in the in the Lancaster area. Like Harrisburg does a uh, golf outing, and but uh, pies is a pretty infamous one here. Uh, so if you could do a fun fundraiser, what would you? What would your fun fundraiser be? Doesn't matter what the charity is for. A Masonic one. Um, I went to something around here for when I when I first moved to. Lancaster County, I was invited to something called a block shoot. 
I'm like, what is that? Is that basketball? Are you throwing? What is, what's going on here? And um, they're like, no. Um, we get together at 7 o'clock in the morning at uh, this VFW, and you shoot shotguns at blocks of wood. <laughs> and if you have the most pellets closest to the X, you win meat. And I'm like, wait a minute, this <laughs> firearms, alcohol, and meat. meat. <laughs> like it's like three food groups. I mean, with that, like, is like the most manly event, and still be married. Oh, oh, I mean, oh. you know, like, no, there's yeah, no, there's ladies present, our wives, but yeah, like, yeah, I mean, but it's fun. It's a fun day, and um, everybody looks forward to it because it's something you can't. Just go do in your yard unless you're in a really rural area. So, and what's your most enjoyable current fundraiser that we do? <laughs> is that a loaded trash phase? I don't have a fun fundraiser that we do in any of the bodies. It's like here's a bunch of raffle tickets, sell them, and then you don't sell them and you buy them yourself. Oh, uh, yeah, this is no, we're not being negative. I, I agree, that's lame. Well, I, do you I, know how many times the shrine has called me since I've joined? Sorry, shrine, calling you out. Zero. You know how many raffle tickets I'm supposed to sell that I get in the mail? More than zero. Oh, I get a call from, I forget what her name is, the autopilot that calls to try and get me to buy a thing in the Shrine yearbook. You know, it's just the same thing like from your high school or college yearbook. You do you do the Tall Cedars ones, though. And you know what? Those Tall Cedars ones are great because that's a, a great Okay, charity. so here's the, here's the fun one. The fun one is we do this thing called the Rose Sale. And we, we stand in the, in the, in the, the, the foyer of an uh, upscale grocery store, and we have these cheap little silk roses. And we ask anybody that wants to make a donation to MDA, we'll give them a rose. Half the people give us money and don't even want the rose, and just because they want to help the charity. Um, and it's low pressure. We're not harassing people. And it's kind of fun because there's two or three of us there, and we get to chit-chat with each other. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of fun. So, Jack, do you have any fun things? <sighs> do, uh, no. <laughs> the Lodge in the Woods is your baby. Right, but, you know, it kind of goes, a little bit of this goes back to what we talked about, I don't know, three, four episodes ago about charity. And the Blue Lodge is not by it's charter a charitable organization. It's an organization that teaches people to be charitable. So go ye into the world and be charitable. But it's not incumbent on the lodge to do those things. No. We're supposed to be, you know, charitable to our members and our widows uh, and orphans, but but in terms of that that greater good, that's why Tall Cedars does MDA. And that's why Scottish Rite does um, the learning centers. And that's why every one of the appendant bodies has an associated charity, because that's not Blue Lodge's job. Blue Lodge's job is to direct you towards that thing. Is to make Masons to be future salesmen. <laughs> well, yeah, and, we, and we have trustees to watch our assets. I mean, you guys did a fundraiser out of your lodge, but it wasn't even, it was, it was for your almoners fund, which is to take care of members. And, and that was, I mean, that's great. You should do that because the other option is to have an assessment. Yeah, I mean, the one thing, you can call it a fundraiser, but we just bought a bunch of uh, beer mugs and we're going to buy some you know, hats, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff for our 150th anniversary, 
but you actually get something. So it's not like we're just raising money, but the idea is if we can raise a couple thousand dollars, that's all going to be spent on throwing a really nice event because, you know, the Grandmaster is going to attend and, yeah, you know, we, we don't want him just to. Yeah. yeah, so. Larry, you hate everything. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to talk over you, Pete. <clears throat> there was a period of time when I was a professional fundraiser as a, as a living uh, for about a 10-year period. And I actually, when I opened my marketing business up, part of that was doing fundraising for uh, institutional fundraising for uh, like um, like Rec Center uh, capital campaigns and things like that for the for the uh, the uh, the dog and cat people over on Route 30. I did that their fundraising campaign, things like that. So I, I, I was one of those that from the ground up built the organization to raise a lot of money, and I, I know what it takes. And because I know what it takes, I'm just one of those that stands back and says, I can't do this anymore. Anymore. So, anymore. Any, anymore. Anymore, right? But you yeah. did for a while. Did for a long time. Right. Yeah. And and that, I think, is a part of what we're seeing now is <laughs> that the guys who did it forever eh, aren't going to be able to do it forever. And the guys that are younger coming in exactly. haven't done exactly. anything for more than three years in their entire lives. Yep. So... It, so, it's a yeah, whole, different, maybe, whole different way of Maybe we can get our audience to participate, like, because there's cool things going on, like the virtual yeah, lodge. Both of you, get out there and participate in, oh, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, we, we're talking about the virtual lodge. We're talking about podcasts. There's a whole, and I mean, we range in this room from, what, 28 to, what? How old are you? 28. I'll be 40 soon. 40, okay, 40. Larry, you're what, 97? Yeah. Hey, God, bonus. <laughs> wow. It's all the baby fat people. Right, so we're like we 40 to 80 in this room. And, uh, you know, when I still think we're the younger, more progressive. <laughs> Including the 80. Yeah. Younger progressive, Larry. No, you got I, it going I, I, actually, on, Actually, please, it's 70, not 80. Uh, <laughs> Pete, I think you're right. I mean, I think Your the, shoes cha- are 80, the challenge is going to be that some of these... You're not going to get a lot of young guys out at a, a golf outing. You're not going to get a lot of young guys, you know, making food or slinging food. Right. So uh, the young guys, you need to help us come up with some ideas that you and your friends would show up and want to do. You know what I would do? I would. We should throw a fair, right? A district-wide fair and have some fun and some games, a poker table. Obviously, we're not playing for real money. Maybe there's meat. But we need to have a dunk at the district deputy I mean, I mean, imagine, imagine if like a grandmaster, a grand line officer had a big to do and, and, you know, I, Jay I think would do it. I, Jay would do it. Yeah. Humi- you know, humility is, is also a part of, of what we do, but man, you could, you could sell like, you know, 20 bucks for three balls. Everybody would line up for, and of course we would throw black balls, uh, you know, but 20 ah, bucks. <laughs> yuck, yuck. <laughs> Funny. But can you imagine a dunk tank with a, with a grand officer or a district deputy? It would be fun. I'd spend 20 bucks. Um, if we can get um, trustees, trustees on there for the Masonic Center, that'd be good, too. <laughs> oh, indeed, that would work. Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back with some more, um, what, Seth Anthony? Yeah, Seth is coming yeah. back. Yep. So more we'll news. And news, and so what's, stay what's first, though? Seth? Seth's yeah. going to be first. All right. You're about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organizations. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet Druid. 
caliphs and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. Good day, podcast listener. Everyone knows the story of King Arthur, right? Well, what happens when Masons take this story, add a dash of biblical lore, and a Freemason's flair for ritual? Why, you get the ancient order of Knights of the Mystic Chain. Founded by Freemasons in 1871, the group had a strong Masonic influence in its rituals and degrees, as well as incorporating elements from the Bible and Arthurian legend. The Knights were organized on three levels. Local units were called subordinate castles. State or regional groups were grand castles. And the highest authority was, you guessed it, the Supreme Castle. Reflecting the Masonic background of its founders, the Knights of the Ancient Order of the Mystic Chain were three degrees. The first was the White or Esquire degree, which was based on the story of the Good Samaritan. The Sir Knights or Blue degree was based on Arthurian legend. The third was the Red or Round Table degree, which emphasized the certainty of death. There was also a uniformed Mark degree open to past officers of subordinate castles, and a Supreme degree conferred by the Supreme Castle. In 1890, a female auxiliary called the Naomi or Daughters of Ruth degree was founded. Originally, this was controlled by the Supreme Castle, but later became autonomous. Popular along the eastern seaboard, and especially in eastern Pennsylvania, the group flourished during the golden age of fraternalism, but started to die out around the time of the Great Depression. Today, it is presumed that the order is extinct. Want to know more? You can learn about historic fraternal groups and the effect they had on America by visiting and supporting the J.H. Rathbone Museum, located in Lafayette, Indiana, and on the web at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org. This is Dave Korb, Master of Star Lodge 187 FNAM in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. I listen to Larry, Jason, and Jack on the Masonic Light podcast. Oh yeah, and Pete too, because there's nothing else to do when cruising the interstates in Ohio. Good news, everyone! Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. A riot broke out at Parsimonious Lodge Number 5 in Frugal, Ohio, when it was discovered that the secretary had been mailing meeting notices to six brothers who had passed away several years previously. I, I, I didn't know they were gone, said Brother Harry Inkman, past master and secretary. We, we keep getting dues checks, so I just keep mailing the notices. A motion was made that Brother Inkman should compensate the lodge for stamps, but as the deceased brothers were still paying their dues, the matter was dropped. And that's the Masonic news. So moat it was. We, we had that at a um, <laughs> council council meeting uh, at council last time. Um, you know, the the head guy was like, "Yeah, any any, any sick or distressed brethren?" And um, somebody goes, "Well, brother." Bob Weaver passed and like oh and half the room's like oh and then finally somebody gets like he passed about two years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah I said, anyway oh, I mean they meant well or dropped from the rolls of <laughs> they anyway. meant well I can't open this Pete here give it to me Pete, well I just chewed it all up you use my teeth Pete uh, Pete brought us freeze pops here and I'm, now gonna, I, I'm I, gonna use my teeth so watch 
But they're like bulletproof freeze pops wow. that can't be opened in. There's not any abscess tooth on this, is there? No. Are we, uh, we ready to get out of here? Yeah. We're eating freeze pops. Yeah. Yeah, because we already know. If you listen to la- the end of the last episode, we'll tell you what we're doing in the next two weeks, which is nothing. Yeah. So, exactly. Larry, take us out of here. Uh, it's time to go home, guys. Give me some music. I uh, want to thank Monarch Studios for allowing us to stay the extra hour tonight. Uh, our producer, um, Jason Lewis, who caused all this mayhem, thank you very much. Jack uh, Harley, our news director. Uh, R.C. McCorvey, brother on the street. We need to hear from you, R.C. And uh, to Seth Anthony, who uh, is Corpus Obscurum, and I forgot to thank him the, the last time. But, Seth, thanks so much for all the help that you give us and all the uh, direction and all the uh, uh, ideas that you present to us. You're a genius. We love you. Uh, also, too, uh, I want to thank our director of clandestine meetings, Ron Debu. Nice. <laughs> Our director of staff bonuses. By the way, staff bonuses? Holly unlikely. <laughs> and our help desk coordinator, Dan Defino. Uh, our law firm of Rush Russian <laughs> Rush Russian Delay. <laughs> and Jason's choking <laughs> on a freeze pop. <laughs> what do you what do you what do you call an elephant and a rhinoceros that have a baby? Elephino. <laughs> Anyway, this is Larry Maris. I'm Pete Ruggieri. <laughs> Jason Lewis. What's left of Jack Harley? Uh, we'll see you in a month. <laughs> Have a good one. Mm-hmm.